Monday. So good to me. Well, it is Monday. Chester, welcome to another week. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, me too. Not much going on this weekend. Kind of uneventful. How about you guys? You're all looking rather chipper for a Monday, I must say. You must have gotten some rest over the weekend. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, hi, this is Bob Bro, and welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast. And on Mondays, we play a comedy. Tomorrow, we'll play a drama. Then we'll play a mystery on Wednesday and a Western on Thursday. But Monday is set aside for comedy, and we have my favorite comedy show. Without a doubt. I mean, there's just no question. There's several I like. Just because I like one above the others doesn't mean I don't like the others. But this is my favorite comedy show. Jack Benny show, in case you hadn't guessed. So it's a good one, and I will tell you all about it on the other side. But now it's time for you to get comfortable, get your feet up, uh, let the cares of the day drift away, because we are going to come back with Jack Benny in just a minute. Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. Monday, Monday, it just turns out that way. Something appalling, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. Nothing with kings, nothing with clowns. Bring on the lovers, liars, and clowns. Situation, no complications. Nothing portentous or polite. Ready tomorrow, comedy tonight. <laughs> In the Comedy Corner this week, we have a very funny episode of the Jack Biddy Show. We've been trying for some time now to play all of the episodes of the Biddy Show that featured Ronald Coleman and his real-life wife, actress Benita Hume. This one goes back to November the 17th in 1946, which is just slightly back a little further than I normally like to go. It was before my lifetime, and I, <laughs> therefore I don't remember anything about 1946. But I will say this, it's a very funny episode, and it features Leo DeRocher, along with uh, Ronald Coleman and Benita Hume. And Leo DeRocher, for those of you that don't know, was a baseball manager for years. In fact, he was the manager of the uh, Dodgers. Let me see, he was the manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers from 1939 to 1946, then again in 1948. Then he moved over to the New York Giants and was there from 1948 to 55. He took 11 years off and went to the Cubs. He was with the Cubs from 68 to 72. And I certainly remember Leo DeRocher there. And then he went to the Houston Astros from 72 to 73. He wrote a famous book called Nice Guys Finish Last. And he was a, a controversial character. He was once suspended from baseball because of an argument uh, that he got in with one of the owners of the Yankees, as I recall. 
but a very, very colorful fellow. One of the real Hollywood connections he had is for a number of years, he was married to Lorraine Day, who was a very famous actress of the period. I think they were married from 1948 to 60, something like that. All right, here we go. This is the Jack Benny Show. This one originally was broadcast on NBC on November the 17th, 1946. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Well, dear, it's 2.30. I guess I better get over to the studio. All right. Goodbye, darling. And don't forget your script. Oh, I won't. Oh, by the way, Don, I meant to ask you, what happened at Jack Benny's house last Wednesday that caused so much commotion? Oh, that. <laughs> I thought you knew. Everybody's talking about it. <laughs> no, dear. Tell me what happened. Well, as you know, it was last Wednesday. The evening started out quietly enough. In fact, Jack had just finished having dinner. Ah, Rochester, that certainly was a good dinner. Thanks, boss. And that first dish you brought in, that was good. Did you make it yourself? Oh, no, boss. Those were popovers from the bakery. Oh. Uh, what was on the other dish? Leftovers from Tuesday. <laughs> Wait a minute. I happen to know that last night we had lamb stew and spare ribs. And what I had tonight looked like a lamb chop. I know, boss. I took the meat out of the stew, dried it in the sun, glued it to a rib, and put a patty on it. <laughs> Gee, you sure fooled me. And, Rochester, what happened to the rest of the stew? You didn't throw it out, did you? No, sir. You know those olives you had for lunch? Yes. Those were the green peas. I pumped them up. <laughs> well, what do you know? And, Rochester, that other dish, it tasted like squash. What was it yesterday? Squash? I couldn't do a thing with it. <laughs> oh. Well, Rochester, don't buy squash anymore. It's so inflexible, well, I think I'll, um... I think I'll go in the library and relax a while. Hand me my slippers, will you, Rochester? Here you are. Thanks. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Yesterday, those were hip boots. I cut them down. <laughs> what are you going to do with the tops? I'll think of something. Yeah. Good. Now, Rochester, you better do the dishes, will you, please? I'm going to the library. On the boardwalk at Atlantic City, dum dum da dum dum. Gee, I wish they'd have bathing beauty contests for men. <laughs> nah, it's enough that I'm the star of stage, screen, and radio. Dum 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 da dum dum. I'll get it. Hiya, Jackson. Hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, hello, fellas. I've been expecting you. Come on in. Gee, rubber bedroom slippers. Yeah. Hey, we'd have been here earlier, Jackson, but we missed the first bus. Oh, oh well, come on in. Say, Phil, did you come all the way over here on a, on a bus like that? Like what? Look. Well, how do you like that? I put on a glove that was holding a scotch and soda. <laughs> well, come on, let's go in the library. Oh, say, Dennis, I'm surprised to see you here tonight. You know, I know your mother hates me. Yeah. I can't... <laughs> I can't understand why your mother dislikes me so much. How can your family be so divided? Your father likes me, doesn't he? 
No. <laughs> but then, when you brought your father to the broadcast, he told me that he liked me. He said I was the most wonderful guy he ever met. He said that last Sunday. Monday, they took him away. <laughs> That's a shame. I need him, too. <laughs> oh, hello, Polly. How do you like the way Daddy polished up your cage? <laughs> yes, sir. Hiya, Polly. Why don't you get somebody to send you a cracker with a file in it so you can break out of that thing? <laughs> well, don't give her any ideas. Just say hello to her. Hello, Polly. Polly, Mr. Harris said hello to you. Say hello to Mr. Harris. Polly, say hello to Mr. Harris. Hello. <laughs> Now, where'd she pick that up? I said hello to her yesterday. Oh. <laughs> now, Polly, Polly, say hello to Dennis. <laughs> no, no, come on, Polly. Say hello, Dennis. Hello, Dennis. <laughs> hello, Polly. <laughs> Dennis! <laughs> Dennis, stop imitating her. <laughs> say, fellas, you know, the evening's young yet. What do we do to kill a little time? How about a game of bridge? Bridge? Yeah, yeah, we'll get out the card table and... Oh, gee, fellas, we can't play. Why not? Well, to play bridge, you have to have four hands. I've only got two of them. Dennis. <laughs> I mean, four people. Oh. Anyway, f... anyway, fellas, we'll think of... Uh... I'll get it, Rochester. On the boardwalk at Atlantic City. Dum, 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 dum. Well... Uh, pardon my intrusion, Mr. Benny. Well, Mr. Kitzel, what are you doing here? Yesterday, when you had lunch at the drugstore, you left your hat on the counter. Oh, yes, yes, I did forget. How did you know it was my hat? Well, when I looked on the bend, I saw the initials J.B. Oh, oh. But he said it wasn't his. Who? George Boynes. <laughs> no, 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 Mr. Kitzel, George starts with a G. Oh. He told me when he found out the hat was too small. Oh. Well, it was nice of you to return it. Mm, thank you. Oh, by the way, Mr. Kitzel... Oh, say, we need a fourth hand for bridge. I was wondering if you play the game. Do I play bridge? Good. What system do you use? The best. Claudette Colbertson. Well, then come on in. Rochester, will you please bring in a card table and some cards? Yes, sir. Thanks, Rochester. All right, fellas, let's go. One no trump. Dennis, we haven't dealt the cards yet. <laughs> he has to be my partner. Go ahead, Phil, you deal. Okay. Rochester, it's getting a little warm in here. Open the window, will you, please? Yes, sir. Hmm. Republicans are still celebrating. <laughs> You better close it, Rochester. Okay, Jackson, pick up your cards. All right. Let me see. Hmm. Hmm. I bid two spades. I pass. Dennis, I bid two spades. What do you do? Which ones are spades? <laughs> the black ones. I've got two kinds of black ones. Those are spades and clubs. Now, what do you do? I pass. Dennis, you can't pass. You're my partner. Now that I've got my own show, I'm his partner yet. 
don't mean that. You're, you're my partner in the game. I bid two spades. That's a forcing bid. I'm trying to find out what you've got in your hand. I've got a seven of diamonds and nine of hearts. Not that! <laughs> Mr. Kitzel. Yes? Mr. Kitzel, look at his hand and help him. Okay. Hmm. What does he do? He passes. He can't, he can't pass. He's my partner. All right. He beat seven spades. Seven spades? With a ten in the middle and the ace on top. Oh, that's different. What do you do, Phil? I open for two dollars. Phil. <laughs> Phil, look. Phil, this is bridge. I don't care what it is. I got a full house, a straight, and a flush. <laughs> Don't be silly. That doesn't mean anything in bridge. Oh. Phil, where are you going? I'm taking this hand over at the pool hall. It's worth a fortune over there. <laughs> now, come back here and sit down. Now, where were we? I passed. Tally, you're not even playing. Hello, Dennis. Oh, quiet. Now, let's get back to the game. Phil, Phil, it's your bid. Well, let's see. Um... And don't bend those cards. It's a new deck. I just got a deck of cards for my birthday. Did you, kid? Boy, when I opened them up, was I disappointed. Why? On the box, it said bicycle. <laughs> That's the name of the cards, bicycle cards. Now, Phil... I think it's misleading. <laughs> Phil, it's your... I ought to sue him. Dan, if you can't sue him, it says bicycle cards. That's what they are, bicycle cards. Now, Phil... It will be hard to shuffle bicycles. Oh, for heaven. <laughs> Phil, where are you going? I'm going to phone Alice and thank her for not having any boys. Well, I don't blame you. <laughs> now, let's get going. Rochester, will you answer that, please? Yes, sir. Phil, it's up to you now. Mr. Benny's residence, star of stage and radio. Rochester, star of screen, too. I don't want to start any argument. Who? <laughs> oh, it's for you, Mr. Benny. Palm Springs calling. For me? Palm Springs? I wonder... Hello? Hello, Mary. Mary, why didn't you tell me you were going to Palm Springs? Where are you staying? At the Mission Inn. But they, the Mission Inn is in Riverside. It's in Palm Springs? Rain that hard. <laughs> well, don't feel bad, Mary. It's been raining here, too. Yeah, water's so deep, the only one who's not afraid to go out is Gary Cooper. <laughs> he passed my house and he was alone, I think. <laughs> what? Oh, certainly, Mary, sure, I'll be glad to. Have a nice rest. Goodbye, doll. What did Mary want, Jackson? She wanted me to send her some chiswee sandwiches. They, they haven't got them there, you know? Well, let's get on with the game. Hey, Jackson, we got all balled up, so I dealt a new hand. I dealt for you. Okay, now let's see... Hmm, what a hand. I pass. I pass. I pass. I bid 12 spades. <laughs> Phil, how could you get 12 spades? I'd have had the other one, too, if you'd have stayed on that phone a little longer. <laughs> Give me those cards. I'll deal them myself. Uh, would, uh, would you gentlemen like a cigarette? Yeah, I'll have one. 
Say, Mr. Kitzel, I notice you're smoking Lucky Strikes. You bet. Yes, sir. Why, sure. It's my favorite brand. Good, good. And I'm crazy about that auctioneer. <laughs> Mr. Kitzel, stop jigging. Leave him alone, leave him alone. The back of me hand to you, Spad Peeney, the man after me own hat. <laughs> Dana! Come on, fellas, let's get on with the game. trick that time, a grand slam. Boss, a telegram just came for you. For me? Did you give the boy a tip? Yeah, you owe me a quarter. A quarter? You mean to tell me you tipped him a quarter? I knew this would happen, so I made him give me a receipt. (laughs) A receipt? Let me see it. Here it is, boss. Rochester, this is a carbon copy. I sent the original to my lawyer. (laughs) What? Hey, Jackson, why don't you just read the wire? Maybe it'll take your mind off of the two bits. Oh, yes, yes. Dear Jack, arriving Los Angeles to spend week with you. Should be at your house Wednesday evening about 8. Signed, Leo DeRocha. Well, do you hear that, fellas? Leo DeRocha's gonna spend a week with me and he arrives Wednesday. He... Hey, that's tonight. You guys are really in for a treat. No kidding. Hey, Jackson... Is this the Leo DeRocha who manages the Brooklyn Dodgers? That's him. You know, I spent most of my vacation traveling with his team. My mother used to play with the Giants. <laughs> what? She had to quit when I was born. Dennis, please. And you know, fellas... Fellas... No, but I really, I, I love baseball so much. It was a thrill traveling with that team. I got to like every player. Gee, I hope I live to see the day when the Brooklyn Dodgers win the World Series. You know, Jackson, at your age, that ain't a bad wish. <laughs> well, I'd still like to. Hey, be... wait a minute. Hey. Uh, if you're such a good friend of DeRocha, then why were you always rooting for St. Louis? That was the St. Louis Browns in the American League. In the National League, I always rooted for the Dodgers. Oh, Rochester! Yes, boss? When Mr. DeRocha arrives, he'll probably be hungry, so you better pick him something to eat. Okay. Uh, what have you got in the refrigerator? White enamel and ice cubes. <laughs> Rochester, I happen to know there's some hamburger in the freezing compartment. Now get it out and make some fresh coffee, too. Yes, sir. Oh, by the way, we're all out of sugar. No sugar. 
Hmm. Well, Rochester, go over to the Ronald Coleman's next door and borrow some. Okay, boss. Oh, Benita, Benita. Yes, Ronnie. Who was that at the door? It was Mr. Benny's butler, Manchester. <laughs> well, what did Benny want this time? Just a cup of sugar. Never have I seen such a man. Borrow, borrow, borrow. Oh, darling, don't let it upset you. He only borrows trivial things. Trivial things? Yes. Like yesterday, he was out working on his lawn, and he came over to borrow some oil for the lawnmower. Well, did you let him have it? I thought it best to. After all, it's our lawnmower. <laughs> that man. Just listen to the things he's gotten from us since the first of the month. One cup of sugar, one can of oil, one lawnmower, one mix master, two slices of bacon, two razor blades, three onions, one brown shoelace. <laughs> one card table, two decks of cards, four bridge chairs, one Dr. Scholl's foot pad. <laughs> a monkey wrench, a screwdriver, one band-aid, small size. Two light bulbs and, uh, uh, and, uh, well, I know I've forgotten several things. It's too difficult memorizing every item. Oh, why don't you write them down? He's got my fountain pen, too. <laughs> my new fountain pen, the one I just received from England. Oh, Ronnie, you mean the one that writes under T? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's the one. Now, let me see. What else did he borrow? Oh, well, let it go. It's not important. Oh, yes, it is. I want to remember them. Now, let's see. There was an umbrella, uh, a half pound of coffee, the comic section from the Sunday Times. Uh, I never did find out whether or not Dick Tracy knocked off goggles. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll call C. Aubrey Smith. He'll tell us what happened. <laughs> Good. Good. Oh, and another thing Benny borrowed. Just the other night, three Tootsie Rolls. Well, he didn't borrow them. Nita, I distinctly saw you give him those Tootsie Rolls. I know, but it was Halloween, and he knocked on the door and said, Trick or treat. Yes. Imagine him rolling up his pants legs and knocking on our door and saying... Please give me some candy, some cake or some pie, and if you don't do it, I'll spit in your eyes. <laughs> yes, and then he curtsied and his toupee fell off. to a movie tonight? Oh, I don't know. What's playing? I'll look in the paper and see. As um, the Jolson Jolson story, Margie, Nobody Lives Forever, Dark Mirror, and Undercurrent. That's about all that's showing at the first-run theaters. Well, check the neighborhood theaters. Last Horizon must be playing somewhere. (laughs) How many more times do we have to sit through (laughs) this? I'll get it. 
Hello. I'm sorry to bother you again, Miss Coleman. Quite all right. Well, what is it, Manchester? Well, Mr. Benny wants to serve baked potatoes tonight, and he's all out of potatoes. We'll need four if you can spare them. All right, I'll get them for you. And Mr. Benny says he'll only need a half pound of butter this time. Well, all right, just wait here. Uh, oh, I say, uh, uh, Dorchester. <laughs> I'm quite curious about something. Is ours the only house in the neighborhood that Mr. Benny borrows from? Oh, no, sir. Do you know the people who live in that big house on the corner? The one with the birdhouse in the front lawn? Yes. Well, uh, well, we owe the birds a half dozen eggs. <laughs> well, tell me, uh, as you know, Mr. Benny has borrowed so many things. Do you think he ever intends repaying us? Oh, I'm quite sure he does. You're mentioned in his will. <laughs> mentioned in his will? Yeah, you come right after the birds. <laughs> ah, that's life for you. One day the star of Lost Horizon, the next day second billing to a sparrow. <laughs> you know, I think that... There you are, Manchester. I've got everything for you. Four potatoes, half a pound of butter, and four napkins. But I didn't ask for any napkins. I know. I thought I'd save you another trip. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Miss Coleman. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well... How long is Benny going to keep this up? When is it going to stop? I'm asking you, when is this going to stop? That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know! <laughs> well, I'm going to find some way to... Well, I'll get it this time. Yes? Pardon me, uh, does Jack Benny live here? I'm Leo DeRocher. Mr. Mr. Benny lives next door, the house on the left. Good night. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'll say... Say, haven't I seen you someplace before? I know the movies. You're Ronald Coleman, aren't you? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Mr. Benny's house is that one right over there. Good night. Gosh, you're wonderful in the movies. I loved you in Lost Horizon. Uh, Mr. Benny's house... It... You did? Yeah. Well... <laughs> come in, come in. <laughs> I want you to meet my wife. Thank you. Oh, Benita... Benita, come here. I want you to meet someone who, who loved me in... Uh, I mean, I want you to meet a friend of mine. Oh, yes, darling. Who is it? I'd like you to meet Mr. Leo DeRocher. You don't mean Lippy. Lippy? Yes, that's my nickname. <laughs> well, then you, then you two have met before. Oh, no, no, no. But I've read about him in the papers. I think it was in connection with the last election. He was elected mayor of Brooklyn or something. <laughs> No, no, Mrs. Coleman. I manage the Brooklyn Dodgers. Brooklyn Dodgers? Yeah, them bums. You know who them bums are, don't you? Well, we should. We live next door to one. <laughs> Ronnie. Anyway, Benita, the Brooklyn Dodgers is a baseball team. Thanks. Why, you're visiting Mr. Benny. He's an important man in baseball, too. Benny, an important man in baseball? He must be. He kept Greenberg on third for two years. <laughs> oh, no, that's just a gag. Anyway, my visit to Benny is strictly a social one. He's one of my best friends. Oh, so you're the guest they're expecting for dinner. I sure am. Look, uh, would you do us a favor, please? Uh, when they pass the butter, take it easy. It's ours. <laughs> I'll do my best, Mr. Coleman. You know, I haven't seen Benny since the baseball season ended in September. And uh, I was wondering... Excuse me for interrupting, Leo, but I just noticed you belong to the Elks, don't you? The Elks? 
Yes, those elk's teeth hanging on your watch chain. No, no. These are umpire's teeth. <laughs> umpires? Oh, are umpires animals? In Brooklyn, yes. <laughs> no, Benita, he's only joking. An umpire is an official in a baseball game. He makes the decisions and even has the power to remove a player from the game and send him to the showers. My, how sanitary. <laughs> well, I'd better be running along. I'm kind of anxious to see Jack again. Uh, before you go, Leo, I want to tell you that I felt badly when your team failed to win the pennant. Oh, well, that's baseball. You just can't figure it. One day you're great and the next day you stink. Oh, pardon me, Mrs. Coleman. <laughs> Quite all right. Mr. Coleman's pictures weren't all great either. Well, anyway, I brought my team in second, and it's great to know that we still have thousands and thousands of loyal fans. Ah, you certainly have, Leo. Well, I'd better be running along. I know Benny's waiting for me. You know, it's rather strange. If you and Benny are such great friends, then why was he so anxious for St. Louis to win the pennant? St. Louis? Yes. I remember he used to sit by the radio and cheer every time St. Louis got a hit. What? Let me get this straight. Did I hear you say that Benny was rooting for St. Louis? Yes. Yes, that's right. You're sure there isn't some mistake? No, no. You, you heard him, didn't you, Benita? Yes. Hmm. Well, I'd better run along. It was nice meeting you folks. Good night, Leo. you do that? A fine pal you are, rooting for St. Louis. St. Louis? But, Leo, that was the St. Louis Browns in the American League. Oh, I'm so sorry, pal. Here, let me help you up. Oh, thanks. Hey, you know what, Leo? You almost had another tooth for your chain. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the majority of American hospitals now have patients waiting to be admitted. And the situation in many areas is growing steadily worse because of insufficient nursing personnel. All young women between the ages of 17 and 35 who are high school or college graduates are urged to apply for admission in any one of the 1,300 accredited schools of nursing. Apply to the one nearest you. Thank you. what happened last Wednesday night. Yes, dear. Well, I'm glad that Mr. Benny and Mr. DeRocher made up. So am I. And you'd never know Jack had a black eye. Well, how'd he get rid of it so fast? He sent Leo over to the Coleman's to borrow a steak for it. Oh. <laughs> what do you know? Well, you better run along now, dear. You'll be late for rehearsal. Uh, goodbye, darling. Did I tell you that was a funny episode? That was a funny episode. That was the Jack Benny Show as originally broadcast on NBC back on the 17th of November in 1946. Of course, it featured Leo DeRocher, Ronald Coleman, and Benita Hume. Very, very funny. Because this goes back so far, 
I heard a number of things in, in this show that meant nothing to me, but they were obviously topical in 1946. And I wanted to look them up. A lot of these things I remember, uh, you know, when we play episodes from the 50s, even though I was a little kid, I have a pretty good memory for trivial stuff. I could never remember my multiplication tables or all of those things in school, but I could always remember the trivial stuff. Well, what are some of the things I'm talking about? Well, for instance, how about this uh, this clip right here where Ronald Coleman is talking about the things that Jack has borrowed from him? Uh, and, uh, well, I know I've forgotten several things. It's too difficult memorizing every item. Oh, why don't you write them down? He's got my fountain pen, too. <laughs> My new fountain pen, the one I just received from England. Oh, Ronnie, you mean the one that writes under T? <laughs> now, I just couldn't figure out why that would be so funny, a, a pen that writes under T. Now, obviously, the T is a reference to England, where they drink a lot more tea than they do coffee, or at least they did in 1946. So I assumed that there was a pen that was sold or being marketed that wrote under coffee or under water or something. I looked and looked and looked and couldn't find one. So if you know of, of something that makes that joke particularly timely, uh, send me a note, would you, Bob, at boomerboulevard.com. I, I would appreciate it. Now, let's get on to the next thing. Now, let's see. There was an umbrella, uh, a half pound of coffee, the comic section from the Sunday Times. Uh, I never did find out whether or not Dick Tracy knocked off goggles. <laughs> worry about it. I'll call C. Aubrey Smith. He'll tell us what happened. <laughs> if you're a friend of, uh, or a fan, I should say, of Dick Tracy, you know that over the years, there was a lot of different criminals he, he stalked and chased down and arrested. And one of them in 1946 was not Goggles. I think that was uh, the English accent of Mr. Coleman that uh, mispronounced that. Either that or he had it wrong. It was actually gargles. <laughs> Dick Tracy had a nemesis by the name of gargles. Gargles had profited illegally by manufacturing and bottling large quantities of ineffective mouthwash. <laughs> mouthwash made of water, sugar, and a few drops of mint oil, which he and his strong-arm boys would bully druggists into purchasing as merchandise. Gargles also had the habit of constantly gargling with mouthwash, but always made a point of using a legitimate brand rather than his own worthless product. Gargles drove a glass truck, and he was finally caught in a glass store where Dick Tracy used a panel of bulletproof glass to walk toward him as he wasted all of his bullets. And then Gargles fell off a platform and was impaled and dismembered by several falling shards of broken glass <laughs> in 1946 in a comic strip. I didn't know that they did that. So anyway, he wanted to find out what happened to Gargles. But then Benita turns around and says, well, I'll call C. Aubrey Smith. Now, do you remember C. Aubrey Smith? He was a well-known character actor, a British character actor who always played like a, a, an officer in the military or perhaps a butler or a very rich man. He was a very dignified-looking man. 
he he died in 1948 at the age of 85. So he was he was already up there. He was 80 what 84 83 in uh, 1946, and uh, he had 113 film credits. Google him and look up images. See Aubrey Smith, and you'll recognize him immediately. You've seen him in all of these old films. But why would Benita Hume call him to find out about what happened to Dick Tracy? I've searched everywhere. I wonder if maybe he had a program where he used to read the comics to kids. There was a number of of uh, cities around the country where they had people that did that, but I couldn't find anything. So why see Aubrey Smith? I have no idea. I was wondering if maybe he had done one of the Dick Tracy movies back then, but I, I couldn't find it anyplace, and certainly nothing around 1946. All right, finally, Benita Hume mentions to Leo DeRocher that Jack has kept Hank Greenberg on third base for years. And Leo DeRocher says, oh, that's just a gag. And this was not a gag I was familiar with. I looked it up. I tried to find some information. The only thing I can, I kind of got the impression it had something to do with the World Series that year between the Chicago Cubs and the Detroit Tigers. And the Tigers ended up winning it. They scored heavily in the late innings to overcome a lead by the Cubs. I believe this was game seven. And the whole rally was started by Greenberg. On one show, apparently he was talking to, I believe it was an agent or some manager on the phone. And the guy was being distracted by the World Series. And he said something about Greenberg on first, uh, on third. And then uh, later, I think that one of the telephone operators uh, said something to Benny about Greenberg on third, but I, I don't see where it was a running joke for years. Since I couldn't find anything, I went to one of the greatest authorities I could think of, and that was the Gasman brothers. And so I, I talked to Larry Gasman, and Larry couldn't remember. He said, I know I knew, knew this once, but I've lost it. And he gave me some suggestions for references, but I had to get the show in the can and get it uploaded, so I didn't have time to pursue it any further. But there again, if you know uh, what the running gag was there about why DeRocher would say, or why Benita Hume would say he left Hank Greenberg on third for three years. I think that's what she said. More Jack Benny show in the weeks ahead, and we still have several more that featured Ronald Coleman and Benita Hume. Well, that is going to do it for Monday. This is September the 28th. Only a few days left in this month, and it is officially fall, and the weather's getting cooler, so that's not a bad thing. We hope that you'll be back with us tomorrow for our drama, on Wednesday for our uh, mystery, and on Thursday for our Western. And uh, then next weekend, of course, we'll have an archive show. Okay, going out tonight, uh, since this Benny show was from 1946, we're going to have two of the songs that were in the top ten of that year. 
The first one is by Kay Kaiser, who was a radio personality and a band leader, had 11 number one hits, used to call himself a professor. We'll get into that on another time. And then uh, we're going to follow that up with a song by the Ink Spots, who my parents just used to love. They were so smooth and, and so romantic. So I hope you enjoy both of these. This is Bob Bro. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I'm so glad you met me. question that question do you darling do you do it'll be easy so easy if i can only bank on you old buttermilk sky i'm telling you why now you know keep it in mind tonight keep a brush in those clouds from sight old buttermilk sky don't you feel me when i'm needing you Hitching post, hitch me to the one I love.
That was a Hoagie Carmichael tune, by the way. And he had a big hit of it, too. But this was the biggest hit in 1946 by Kay Kaiser. And now here's the Ink Spots. In a quaint caravan There's a lady they call the Gypsy She can look in the future And drive away all your fears Everything will come right If you only believe the gypsy She could tell at a glance That my heart was so full of tears She looked at my hand and told me My lover was always true And yet in my heart I knew, dear Somebody else was kissing you But I'll go there again Cause I want to believe the gypsy That my lover is true And will come back to me someday You see, she looked in my hand And told me That my baby would always be true And yet, in my heart I knew, dear that somebody else was kissing you But I'll go there again Cause I want to believe the gypsy That my lover is true And will come back to me someday 